Hi everybody, um, I am back from Nepal, um, Everest and Mount Everest that is, <laughs> and the Himalayas, um, that was sort of my last recording, a long time ago now, um, I mentioned about that trip, um, which I am happily to uh, you know, describe here, give you the tips if you ever want to be there, if you just want to visit Everest Base Camp. Um, I will um, lay out sort of my steps, give you some of the my tips, uh, you know, what I learned, some hints of what to do, what not to do. Probably um, it will take me more than um, one sitting um, to record the whole experience since I was training for it for over one year. And I mentioned some of that training uh, in other episodes like the training for uh, mountaineering. So you can go back and check that episode for the details about how I trained, um, what I ate, um, etc. But again, it was over a month um, that I spent over there. Uh, it definitely, it's hard to cover everything in typically the 15, 10 to 15 minutes that I like to keep those episodes uh, you know, limited to. Um, otherwise, I don't want to bore everybody to death, and you can jump to um, whatever you think it's more valuable. But um, let me give you uh, guys sort of the start. So what I did, and just lay out the what I actually um, plan and accomplished, and uh, sort of the the, the overall goal. Uh, and then I'll go into some of the specifics in sort of a, the next one or two episodes more than I think um, I'll have to record in order to give you the full uh, overview and um, and cover as many uh, you know interesting topics as possible. So the plan um, was to um, head over to Nepal uh, and then to the Himalayas and climb this mountain called Lobuche, Lobuche East, because Lobuche West, the other side of the mountain is extremely technically challenging. So Lobuche East is about 6,000, nearly 200 um, you know, meters, um, a little bit over 21,000 feet in altitude, um, icy conditions, uh, it is on a way, depending on where you're going to, um, which path you take, which track you take, it's on your way to Mount Everest and Lhotse and the other mountains around there. Um, so you have to um, pretty much follow the Everest climbers, the summiters, um, as well as the people, most of the, most of the time, the people who are just tracking their way to to visit the base camp or the Everest base camp, which is on a bucket list for um, for many people. So that was the plan, uh, which was duly accomplished. Um, as you probably and if you haven't, there are the episodes where I climb other mountains, uh, including um, Mount Baker, uh, and of course the close by here uh, in New Hampshire. Mount Washington, which I did three times before trying to, you know, head over to Nepal. Um, so there was a lot of training involved, but that was the overall plan, right? Um, and uh, I'll just tell you sort of the the start of it, the, some of the specifics in terms of um, 
how I actually accomplished that. So first thing is select an expedition team. I selected a, an expedition team. Um, as I mentioned in other episodes, I gained absolutely nothing um, uh, mentioning uh, those companies other than, you know, they, you know, I paid them and they were great and I got great service. Um, in, in this case, I selected CTSS, Climbing the Seven Summits. That's what it stands for. They are amazing. Um, they are probably today the largest expedition in, um, in, in the Himalayas, especially Everest. Um, I got to spend a um, good amount of time with uh, one of the owners, uh, Mike Hamel, who climbed Everest, I believe, seven times. Now he is uh, coordinating um, all the expeditions, especially the, the ones to Everest. Great guy, super experienced, awesome infrastructure. I mean, there are other expedition teams like that, right? You have Nimsburja from Elite Exped, um, who was on Netflix. Uh, he's the guy behind the, that um, documentary called 14 Peaks. If you haven't watched it, it's pretty cool. Um, there is uh, IMG, who is a very long tradition, um, you know, very being very successful in Everest, and most of the other Everest documentaries on Amazon Prime and the likes um, will typically um, portray IMG, which stands for International Mountain um, Climbing. And uh, there, there are others, okay? There are several. There's about, I think, 30 or maybe even 40 different expeditions um, this year at base camp alone, right? Um, different sizes, of course, different levels of inf infrastructure. Again, mine was awesome, CTSS. Food was amazing. The guides were great, um, super experienced. Um, the logistics, super well-planned. Um, what else can I say? The Sherpa team, right? Um, it, uh, just fantastic so much that i'm gonna keep climbing with these guys whenever i can um so that's sort of the very first step right so you select that uh the one that fits your style um and uh just be be mindful that there are some expedition teams out there that will take your money regardless of your experience and they say sure i'll take you up to you know the summit of mount everest even though some people never put cramp, you know, crampons on their boots and feet, and don't even, you know, then we get there, it's like, oh crap, right? Um, what am I gonna do now? So they'll take your money and they'll try to take you up there. Although it's extremely dangerous, and this is typically how people die, right? Because they lack the experience and the support. So just be mindful of it. Sometimes trying to save some money, um, you know, especially for things like that. Um, and honestly, most of the things that I describe in my podcast, it's not the way to go. Um, so just keep in mind that if you find an expedition team, make sure that one, they have a strong track record, but two, they also almost like interview you and, and validate your experience or at least give you a training you know, plan and follow you um, Right, so you are successful, and they are successful in the end. Right, some of these guys are in for the long, you know, haul. Um, there's not like they're gonna form an expedition team this year, bring like seven people, and then, you know, let's say all of them die. 
it's horrible but uh right and then they just close shop and they take everybody's money so it's a ton of money that goes into it um even shorter expeditions you're going to spend considerable amount of you know of dollars or whatever you are um whatever currency is just a ton of money so be sure that you invest it wisely and on top of it is of course your life and in your well-being you want to come back um so that's the very first step um i did it i worked with these guys um over the course of many months once i selected them and they kept me up to date on sort of the logistics and how i was training uh etc once that is done well then the fun almost begins right because the fun really begins when you start officially the expedition in this town very or small village called lukla but um basically you gotta head over to nepal right um you can go through the tibet uh route but that's a whole different story i have no experience about it i did via nepal um so they will take care of uh, the the permits right to get into the park to do your climbing depending on the kind of mountain you're going to climb um so you have all those steps taken care of um not a lot of paperwork to get to nepal to be honest you typically you get a visa i had to have one um then you head over there right so you get to Kathmandu. that's sort of the where you know it's almost almost begins i'm saying because Kathmandu is you a relatively big city for nepal standards and it is just absolutely crazy um very chaotic i've been to many other chaotic uh towns and i know um quite a lot of uh southeast asia but Kathmandu is unique um you know it's really worth it to spend a couple of days there i spent two days when i landed in nepal before the expedition actually begun you know i just spent a couple of days in Kathmandu. Um, just doing sightseeing and walking around um, absolutely crazy amazing just make sure while you're there that you don't get hit by any vehicle it could be a car it could be a bike it could be you know, it could be anything really um, right because that's going to ruin the rest of your expedition you probably have to go back um, so it, it is um, it, it it's not trivial right? i'm not going to say it's dangerous but you know, if you're going to cross the street, um, you know, be careful. Right? It's the very first days. Um, you know, be careful what you eat while you're there. Um, so I typically, I can eat anything um, and I'm never sick. And I put my body to the test in Nepal in for a month. Nothing happened. Um, I'll tell you later what happened to some of the team and how the team was made up. Uh, but that being said... Not because, you know, I typically am, um, uh, um, uh, you know, very, very well eating whatever, that I was going to go out and go crazy, right? So I try to keep, you know, it safe, relatively safe, eating-wise, etc. in the days that I were there before the actual expedition starts, because that was my goal. So that's another tip, you know, keep that in mind. Sometimes we get tempted to, you know, try something super cool and super new um but there's a time for that right and i did it when i once i was back in Kathmandu. um so then i said okay now i can splurge a little and try some you know yak meat or yak cheese or you know something that um that i don't find it over here 
that's the first step, right? Kathmandu, and then from there, um, there are two options. Um, you can take, and up until last year, you could take the airplane, that was the normal way, the, the cheaper as, as well, um, and just fly to Lukla. That's about a 40-minute flight into Lukla. Lukla, L-U-K-L-A airport, if you Google, first thing that shows up, and the second and the third is the world's most dangerous airport, and uh, it is insane. Um, I, I fly airplanes and I just started flying helicopters and, uh, <laughs> and if you understand a little bit about airplanes and, and landing requirements and, um, and takeoff requirements, you, and you, you see that airport, you understand why it is considered to be the world's most, most dangerous airport. It is insane, right? There is an inclination on the, the one runway. Super incline. I think it's like fifteen uh, percent incline to help the airplane is actually slow down upon landing and also helps it, you know, speed up on takeoff, which is crazy, right? Again, uh, it's hard to describe. It's better if you guys go and Google and take a look at the pictures and the videos, and we'll give you an idea. It's just an absolute crazy experience. So you can fly into it or. As, as of this year, you know, 2023, what the Nepali government did, um, because there were just too many flights, especially in, in the months of April and May, going back and forth to Everest and to Lukla. Um, so what they did is they said, okay, no more airplanes are taking off Kathmandu because it's just one runaway. So if you have a big, you know, 777, 767, whatever, um, big passenger airplane taking off. It has to explain for it has to to wait for the tiny little airplane to take off, or or vice versa. It's just one runway out of Kathmandu. So what they did is like, okay, you know what? You guys take the helicopter, or you can drive four hours from Kathmandu to another local airport, and then you fly out of a plane from there. So again, two options, keep that in mind. It started this year, um, you know, we kind of knew about it. We were informed up front. Nobody chose to drive four hours outside of Kathmandu because then if there's something weather related or whatever you cannot fly, then think about it. You have to drive back to Kathmandu. There's no way to sleep around that airport. So that's eight hours in a day plus the time you spent at the airport. So that's one day that you, you know, you're just gonna throw away. So yeah, cost more. Take a helicopter, that would be my recommendation, out of Kathmandu. It's about a 40-minute drive, uh, drive, 40-minute flight as well. Um, we'll get you to Lukla without the excitement of landing a plane there. Um, but we'll get you there. And if your goal is, as was mine, to actually um, do the expedition and climb the mountains. And so then, you know, that's part of the process. So you got to pay some extra money. Um, fly to, uh, we're talking about a couple hundred dollars, if, you know, 300, 400 bucks more. Uh, then if you're flying an airplane full of people, you know, typically they will fit four people um, in, or maybe five in a helicopter, right? Plus your duffel bags and everything and then you fly off there. Quite a view as well. Great ride, helicopter ride through the Himalayas, somewhat, somewhat unique. And that's when you land to Lukla. When you land there, that's where the 
the fun officially begins and your expedition begins. And um, from there, right, you're going to start um, your trek and your hike to, you know, throughout the Himalayas all the way to base camp if, you're, if that's your goal or stopping along the way to other mountains or all the way to summit Everest if that's your goal as well. I'm going to save that chunk um, of the trip to the, to, the next, um, to the next podcast. I'm already, I'm checking my, my watch here. I'm already 16 minutes into this. But that gives you probably an idea, and I hope it did, um, of how to get things started, right? An expedition team, how to select one, you know, things to watch for, um, you know, and how you're going to get yourself to, to Lukla safely um, and, and, uh, and in time for the expedition. So um, until the next one, uh, and then uh, I'm going to start talking about the hike from Lukla to Everest. Talk to you guys later.